Hey, Shakes Pals. Welcome back to another week of Protest Too Much podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Craniola, and I am so excited that you're all here today. Thank you for joining. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being you. Another thank you to Bill Barclay for coming on last week to talk about the Shakespeare play with the best potential for music. The Tempest ended up winning, but it was not for a lack of a beautiful argument for Antony and Cleopatra and The Winter's Tale. We had some really amazing discussions, and I hope that if you missed it, you go check it out. And if you heard it, I hope you enjoyed it. This week, we've got one of our interlude episodes, which is just a starting conversation on as the theater world moves towards more inclusive casting, which is the best forward movement we can hope for and keep pushing for. Conversations also need to happen about costuming and how to support those casting decisions with purposeful costuming considering all body sizes. I've got Nicole Shea on with me to talk about being midsize in theater and in life, which is a term that I didn't know existed until I talked to her about it. And it's kind of opened up my eyes to a lot of things. And I hope that you find it eye-opening as I did and just a good way to kind of start this conversation with theaters around you. Thank you again to all of our patrons at patreon.com p2mpod. We've got some exciting stuff happening over there. Each month you can hear my recap episodes of who I would have chosen for arguments if I got a choice. And we also started our Shakespeare audition infinity gauntlet monologue series where I take a... Uh, sought after audition character and come up with six different elements of their personality to find six underdone monologues that you could take to an audition for you almost like building a musical theater audition book but you're building your Shakespeare monologue book so it's really exciting I'm enjoying the process and I hope that y'all are enjoying the content so without further ado enjoy this week's episode and if you like what you hear please remember to rate review subscribe and share welcome to protest too much a shakespeare showdown podcast where a guest and i go head to head each week and you get to decide who wins all right Hello and welcome back to Protest Too Much. We are doing a little bit of an interlude week. We're talking about fashion, which those of you who know me uh, know that I have no business talking about. But luckily with me, I've got actor and mid-sized fashion enthusiast, Nicole Shea. Hey, Nicole. Hello, hello. And you definitely do have fashion. <laughs> Nicole has been my personal fashion stylist for the past like 15 years. So when she says that, she's really complimenting herself. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nicole, um, tell everyone a little bit about what you do, your goal, your mission, and where they can find all of that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like everybody this past year, we uh, we got a little bored and we got a little creative and... I really missed getting dressed, going to the office, getting dressed, wearing my clothes, using the things that are in my closet. And as somebody who is a midsize, a very underrepresented body size, body shape in this current world, I wanted to like create outfits and show people that like you can create whatever you want, wherever you want and show your personal 
style through fashion and personality. And yeah, so now I just, uh, I post make it midsize outfits on Instagram on Mondays and uh, maybe some other little tidbits here or there. If you're bored or fun or want some uh, fashion influence or whatnot, I highly recommend checking me out on Instagram. It's nshay87. Fashion's always been like a, a side passion of mine, whether it's through everyday wear or through theater, creating costumes and outfits and so forth. So, yeah. So you've said midsize a couple times so far. And for me, this was a term that I hadn't heard until you told me about it uh, six months ago or whenever you started this. So what does midsize mean in fashion? Yeah, so... In the fashion world, I would say it probably is a size 12 to 18, give or take, in women's sizing. It's the last bit of sizing that you get in a straight size store. So any like generic, like regular store you walk into, but it's the very small end of a plus size store. So in a lot of ways, you either can't go up a size or you can't go down a size when you're shopping in the different collections in each store has. And it's a really underrepresented body type in media, especially. And I first came across this, obviously growing up, I didn't have a body in the media that looked like me. Probably from the 90s, it's going to be like that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the 90s and early 2000s (laughs) were especially bad for all of this. It's so true. And like, I feel like you need to have more representation. And I I bring it back to my master's thesis where I, I talked about the average female and how they're depicted in media and how they really aren't depicted in media. (laughs) So over the last few years, a lot of fashion brands have been trying to extend sizes, I'm going to call it. They're inclusive, but really they're just actually now catering to the midsize world. They're extending their sizes by maybe three sizes. And like, it's a great opportunity for me. Like I have more options now when I shop, but we still need to work on like just making it inclusive in general. So like everybody can shop together, friends can shop together, family can shop together and, you know, not have to go to different sections of the store and figure out if they can wear something that their friend has or something like that. Right. Or even the same person. So, you know, we talk about this a lot. Um, I have to shop in different sections based on what part of the outfit that I'm shopping for. If I'm shopping for a top, uh, typically straight sizes don't work for me. If I'm shopping for bottoms, plus sizes don't work for me. So it's that middle ground that if I want a set, I can't just buy yeah. they don't exist. a set. Like, it's the worst. No, it's I so true. Found the cutest outfit and I'm like, I don't I don't know how to buy this because I want you to sell them separately, but they don't the the pieces don't cross sections of the store, so I can't. You can't do that. No, it's so true. Honestly, a tailor is your best friend. Yep. You know, I, I hate having to be like spend more money and get it tailored, but what <laughs> a well-tailored piece on your body or something that fits you really well, it, it changes how you hold yourself. And I think that's really important, especially like from women in this day and age to like really feel confident in what they're wearing and who they are as a person and mm-hmm. any little bit that you can do to help that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like, no, I think that's person com- more comfortable in who they are. Yeah. And you see, when you see models and you see uh, professional photos, all of those clothes are tailored. And when we wonder why models look better in Target clothes than we do, it's because uh, they've all been, even that white t-shirt that they're wearing has been tailored to fit their body. 
No, it's so true. Like, I don't know. I just remember like growing up and my friends be like, here, try this shirt. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. That's not going to fit me. <laughs> Thanks for letting me borrow it though. Please um, don't make me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like you never know. And I want to say like a few years ago, um, when Ashley Graham came onto the scene as the first plus size sports illustrated model, mm-hmm. I don't particularly think she's plus size. I think she's very similar to like me in the sense that she can fluctuate between standard sizing and plus sizing and kind of finds herself in that middle ground. Mm-hmm. But like she broke barriers and like she influenced so many different people to start loving themselves as they are. Like it's not one body type. It's, it's, a, it's what's the best body type for you as a person. Yeah. So in this ideal world, uh where everyone is inclusive all sizing is inclusive let's talk a little bit about theater because we could talk fashion well you could talk fashion all day long um (laughs) but I wanted to talk about this in relation to theater because I think that casting practices have started or we've got a long way to go but we are starting to see some movement in inclusive casting and seeing more body types represented on stage. But with theater and with Shakespeare theater, especially, I think, because of the uh, the whole period element of this, period costumes, period pieces, uh, no matter, I feel like no matter what, Shakespeare is always getting put in a period. If you have like any other theater piece, usually it's the one that they intended, But with Shakespeare, it's kind of free reign. And a lot of those decisions are made because of costuming. Because we want to do this as 1920s bootleggers because we've got a lot of pinstripe suits from when the theater did Guys and Dolls last year. You know? (laughs) um, No, it's so true. So let's talk about being midsize in theater and in Shakespeare theater especially because uh, I know you've had a lot of not great experiences in this from an actor standpoint and I just kind of want to bring awareness to it talk about it a little bit and talk about what theaters can do as they move to be uh body inclusive on stage with their actors how they also need to think about following that up with costuming yeah as an actor it's it's really interesting when it's period pieces I mean I walk in I get cast already I know I'm already going to get cast not as a lead, not in a lover's role. And I know that because of my body type. And that's okay. You know, like I accept that I actually prefer well, a lot. I prefer <laughs> the other roles though. That's probably why I'm okay with it. Right. Um, like I prefer like the Ursula's and the Maria's. I don't know, get to be more playful, I think. But like without being the main focus, there's a lot more character for me to play in them. Mm-hmm. But I also know I'm going to get those roles or I have a better shot of getting those roles because of my body type. But it's still terrifying because going to a show costuming wise I am either going to be told to try to squeeze into a straight size dress you know literally put a corset on or a bustle or something and put this dress on and don't have a zip up all the way and go on stage or I'm being told to put on a plus size dress that's 10 sizes too big and like told to put a belt on and like it might fall off there's costumers collections they don't have a lot of that mid-size range and it's really interesting to me because if you actually think back to those periods, that is the body type. That is yeah. what the world was. So why is it why is it that we just don't have costumes for that? You know, I, I appreciate modern shows because they're like, costume yourself. I'm like, hey, great, I'll pull from my own closet. I know it's going to fit me. Um, but I really have. I've gone on stage with a dress way too big and hope that to, it doesn't fall off of me. And I've gone on stage with dresses not zipped up all the way or like they cut a a section out so it would fit over my chest 
because it fit my waist. They're like, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Things have, you know, been too short in the back, but totally fine. The long, like, just don't turn around. Um, Just don't, (laughs) just, just limit your entire act. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, it's really interesting. Like, why don't costumers who have collections in there that they're pulling from, if they're consistently costuming period pieces, why don't they have a size range for everybody? Right. Like this body type isn't abnormal. It, it's pretty common. It's actually the most common body size in America right now. Why is why don't we have costumes for it? And in the same sense, if you are going to put on a show and you are going to costume a show and everybody's getting a second costume for the second act, but you literally only have one dress still fit that one person, maybe you should get a second dress because it not only looks weird, aesthetically when everybody changes costume and that person doesn't but also makes that person feel real shitty like (laughs) like what okay cool I just don't need one I guess whatever I'm less than or you know it just I don't know do better like (laughs) yeah no and absolutely and that's you know these are things that we haven't talked about and haven't really had the space for because when we're talking about casting it's about what types of bodies we're putting on stage or when we're talking about inclusive casting but it's not about what we're putting on those bodies and I think that um, this idealized world of inclusive casting doesn't think it through all the way and that's something that is you know all of these mistakes that I and we have made all the way through we have to change and we have to start thinking about and we're not going to start thinking about it unless we start talking about it and um, start changing it. And for me, uh, my mom is a seamstress. So when there's a dress that won't zip, she put a panel of fabric in the back and some sequin lacing. <laughs> and- oh, that's true. I mean, like I've been in a show where your mom has costumed before and like I've actually felt represented things fit me it I didn't feel nervous to go on stage that I was gonna fall out of something it makes a big difference to have the person who's costuming a show or helping costume a show care about the people that are on the stage Mm -hmm. yeah and we don't necessarily always get that well we don't usually get that I think my mom's (laughs) she's like a unicorn yeah (laughs) (laughs) she really is um hey none of those costumes worked I'm gonna make (laughs) <laughs> an entire new set of <laughs> I'm going to make an entire new set of dance costumes because the show's Great. tomorrow and I hate them. Uh, that's the kind of person my mom is. But when we're looking at Shakespeare, especially and looking at things that we can do to work towards building costume closets or building pieces available or building up confidence in the actors that we have on stage. What are some things that you can do either with like thrift shopping or modern pieces that can be tailored to work for different periods? What are different things that we can do to help start to create more comfort in those costumes? Yeah, um, I think like this sounds so silly, but pieces, sets, like don't Mm -hmm. have everything be one dress because chances are a lot of the people you have are going to be shaped differently on top and bottom. Like, and if you have pieces, sets, a mid-sized body is going to be more capable of trying to piece together an outfit that way. And not just mid-sized, any body size, you mm-hmm. know, it, it just, it, it gives it more options and you can reuse those pieces differently each time you show. So you're not putting the same dress on stage season after season because oh it's the only dress you have. 
<laughs> Honestly, no, and that's a good point that I hadn't really thought of too is that when you run a small budget community theater, you are seeing the same, you know, and we know this, you see the same yeah. five dresses for 100% a decade. But with sets and with pieces, you can kind of mix and match in a different way than you've yeah. been able to before. It allows it to transpire over decades too. You don't, you're not just stuck in one little section. Like there are definitely like fashion reinvents itself, right? So like there are some period mm-hmm. pieces that are very present in the fashion world now. So if you end up doing, uh, if a Shakespeare company ends up doing a, a current show for whatever reason, they can use those pieces too. Like corset chops. They're literally all over the place now, but they're heavily used in Shakespeare areas. But you can add lace to it. I rub into it. Add a belt, not to hold the dress up, but to actually <laughs> add aesthetic to it. Um, <laughs> you know, there. I, I think that that's like the biggest thing. Like, if you're gonna, let, let's be real. This past year, everybody's probably getting some weight, right? So, like, mm-hmm. a lot of your straight size actors are probably gonna be in the mid size range now. So you're gonna have to accommodate for them, and it. It's not hard. Yeah. Like the pieces are out there. In the same sense where I say get your outfits tailored so you feel confident in them. If you find a plus size piece at a thrift store, bring it to a tailor. Or if you're a customer, you probably can already tailor. Bring it down a couple sizes or make it so that it's got an adjustable waist. There are so many tricks to the trade that like people are aware of. They're just not doing it. Right. When when we're when we're looking at um base basic pieces so if you said like corset tops or different whatever period you're going for if you've got basic separates in all of your sizing then it's going to be a lot easier to modify those for rank for position for relationship for whatever role in the show because if you've got um details or lace or um whatever other types of fabric you're adding on you've got a lot more freedom to embellish the basic piece and then pretty easy to start from scratch with the. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like get the basics. And that's like anything though. Right. Have your basic. And well, then it's so simple. Style it. Like <laughs> it, 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 but it is, but that thing is, I think the fashion world and costuming and theater, they're so hung up on themes mm-hmm. or fast fashion. And they don't really realize that like, that plain white tee or that plain black corset, whatever it may be, is so multi-useful. You can change that style so many different ways by one basic item. And yeah. a, a corset in general, I'm not saying I love corsets, but that can fit a side size range. You know, that a person who's a size 10 and a person who's a size 14 can probably wear that same corset, just having it laced up differently or buttoned differently yeah. or whatever the case might be. It makes it more, it, it covers a broader range of sizes. Right. And then if you have that as a foundation, building up a dress over it or building up. Yeah. yeah. Um, are there different periods? Just because I know I know we love holding on to a period in Shakespeare. What? The 90s? I- no, I'm saying. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Are there different periods that work better for a range of body types? Because I know if we're looking at, you know, like 1920s, if we look at flapper style dresses, I can't wear any of that. Because Anything there's anybody like, well, yes, but, no, there's a very specific body type that can wear a flapper dress and look good in it. Right. Um. <laughs> no, it's very true. But like in any decade, I feel like fashion can be made for any, any size. And that's kind of what my whole midsize, make yeah. midsize fit is. Just make it your own, make it work for your body type. It's doable. 
if you have to let a skirt out, let a skirt out or bring the waist in. Like those body types existed throughout the decades. So like there obviously are style references you can look at to figure out what that body type were then. Yeah, it's just a matter a of actually doing the research and putting the mm-hmm. effort in and making it so making it still appropriate for the time, but making it so that the, your actors are confident in what they're wearing. Yeah. Um, is there any decade that you gravitate towards? Yeah, the 90s. So we've been Besides- here. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the 90s. We love the 90s. We no, know. That. No, I know. Um, um, honestly, like. I love a, a giant petticoat. I think they're like, I think every body type looks fantastic in it. I agree. Like, uh, like I mean, and that that gravity's over a couple decades for being honest. But like a giant yeah. petticoat, like you're never gonna lose with an hourglass shape. It, it's gonna benefit a lot of bodies. Like there are other body types out there that have a more difficult time wearing it. But like you put a giant skirt on somebody, they're gonna look fantastic, or they're gonna feel like a princess. Just it's let more them about feel feeling. Awesome in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of things like petticoats, uh, mm-hmm. we talked about something else that costumers need to consider when you're looking at um pieces and that's undergarments oh yeah uh they don't exist for the mid-sized world (laughs) yeah um (laughs) i mean i've been in shows where i've been asked to go buy undergarments because they don't have anything to provide for me if you're gonna costume a show maybe make sure you have all the sizes don't buy a bunch of unitards for one size fits all it's not gonna mm-hmm. happen um, you mean one size does not fit all <laughs> yeah go figure who would have thought weird. that that's weird um, i my whole confidence is is shaken and shattered <laughs> i quit um, there was a production where like there was me and another girl who were both mid-size and they bought costumes for the plus size people on the show and they bought costumes for the straight size people in the show and we were literally told to squeeze ourselves into the straight size costume right and that doesn't create a good environment for putting yourself on stage in something that you're not comfortable in and exactly it just adds another barrier to performance that doesn't need to be there so the last thing I kind of want to talk about is you've mentioned before when you're in front of uh, an auditioning panel like when you are auditioning uh what's running through your head is how they see you and how to tailor oh, yeah. your audition for the body type you think they see you. And is there any kind of thoughts, advice uh, for either side of the table, for actors or for uh, showrunners that you can give that kind of helps put some of that into perspective or just kind of helps, uh, I don't know, <laughs> fix it? I don't, I don't <laughs> know the if world. there's anything I can do to help that other than just to like keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like I think the biggest thing you can do to influence and to make change is to to keep the conversation going because like when I go for roles so like we've talked about this I grew up as a dancer and I was Mm -hmm. a big quote-unquote big dancer and then I went to college and I was considered a smaller person and I was like it's so it messes up your mind a lot right like it really does body dysmorphia is real one be honest and consistent about it and just talk about it because you're not the only one going through it and I think just talking about people's experiences and making sure that you're you're making it more vocal will make a difference but like I will I'll go into audition I will panic about what I'm wearing for the longest time try to figure out who else is auditioning to figure out where the panel will see me will they see me as plus size or will they see me as straight size because I can go in either realm for them right and 
you know, then I plan an outfit based on that. Okay. Okay. Well, they're going to see me on the smaller side, this, this audition. So like, you know, maybe I will flaunt my curves a little bit more or like feel a little bit more confident or sexy in that, that conversation. I'm like, okay, no, they're going to see me more plus size. So I'm definitely going to go for the role that is more motherly or older, or it, it also plays into like who I, I'm going to audition for. But the thing is like, it shouldn't. Right. And like, that's right. the thing I want to like make clear. The more we talk about it and, and like express it, because this whole last year has given so many more people the opportunity to do theater and yes. different and, and nobody cares. Cause on Zoom, so like, oh yeah, you can totally, like if this girl's taller than this guy or whatever the case may be, yes, you can go on, you can play this role today because we're all sitting on a chair doing Zoom theater. And it is given, mm. I hope it is given directors and producers and so much, uh, so much of the community theater, the, the awareness that like, anybody can play these roles right like it's not it's not size dependent exclusive like (laughs) well and for for Shakespeare especially there are so many of the pants roles that I would love to play yeah um and I will never and I say this with fair certainty with my body type I will never have the opportunity to play because you no matter how hard you try you are not gonna make me look like a teenage boy (laughs) no but like who says that that role has to be a teenage boy well but who says it has to be believable everyone's throwing on a fake mustache and like if you if you can't hide my chest like we're in a fantasy world this is not real life no and so being so knowing that i've only gone into auditions in the past with the idea that i will get the uh the sassy woman <laughs> no i get it i know what role i'm gonna get i know what so i might as well work my butt off to get to make sure i get the role right like, i know where i i know and there isn't there i mean i don't want to like sound contradictory but there is a, a like a good thing to know like where you fit in the theater world currently i'm not saying we shouldn't be breaking down those barriers but like also self-awareness is a huge thing and, and taking care of yourself and, yeah it's you know 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 what you're capable of never lose that side of that but also I don't know I don't know maybe last year it's made me a lot more realistic but <laughs> we need yeah to it's more. it's a hard like. it's a hard conversation to have and there's no answer to it like we're yeah. not we're not solving any problems here but no. I think that talking about it um is always a good thing and and just you know reinforcing the fact that Everyone this year who has participated in Zoom theater has seen this open up and we've seen absolutely progressive casting and incredible barriers being broken. And when we say it's untraditional casting, it's so stupid because the role is to be played by the actor who can play it best and to see these actors killing roles that they wouldn't necessarily have gotten the opportunity to play on stage it just completely negates anyone giving a traditional casting type it completely negates yeah all of those barriers that have been built up by people they haven't been built up by the roles themselves there's nothing more versatile than Shakespeare I, I think I, I no I agree there's so many more like there's so many options and there's so many ways you can to Shakespeare that like it, everybody deserves an opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
there's one more thing I want to bring up and it's I think we totally passed the conversation but I just feel like it's really necessary to say because like it. I know we spoke about like how I felt as an actor doing it but like I've had a lot of opportunity where I got to be on the other side and I got to be mm-hmm. in a casting room and like I literally had to argue that somebody should be the lead and they were telling me no based on their size and they admitted that they were the most talented person in the room and that they deserved mm. the role and they had the best audition but then they were like sorry they're too big and I'm like sitting there and I'm like this is ridiculous so I lost that battle because it was a four to one situation right it and feels then really ballsy to call it out like and I know oh, like yeah. theater people can be very manipulative in their language use like oh, cr- oh yeah. no they were direct this or this but-, <laughs> but that's just that's flat out right so then I so I lose it and I'm like okay you know what I'm still gonna try to make a difference in this conversation let's give this person the understudy role it's a big ass role we need an understudy for it let's give them the understudy role throw them a little bit of like we still think you're awesome mm-hmm. and I was told no because of costuming well if we have to costume this person we can't do a whole separate set of costumes for that person they're two different sizes we're gonna have to give this person the understudy role because they'll fit in the costumes it's like, a good thing this is a podcast and you can't see my face <laughs> <laughs> but like it's real like it's not yeah, and no. this wasn't like this isn't like 10 15 years ago this was like five years ago mm-hmm. so like there are there's still so much work to do whether whatever side you're on in in the theater world whether you're casting or being cast it like everybody needs everybody who is passionate about this needs to be advocating for it Mm -hmm. because it's not going to change otherwise but like who actually is like yeah the person's more talented but like "Mm, sorry we don't like their body type apparently four people like in a room the role didn't even have a body type it had one line in the entire like three hour show where they mentioned that they were small guess what okay anybody's gonna look small if the casting lead opposite is six five it's gonna happen like but also it could be a small personality it could be small anything like it doesn't have to necessarily be their physical appearance right and and you don't have to justify like you don't have to try to to pretend that that's the reason that yeah no (sighs) nicole (laughs) (laughs) thank you for coming on to chat about this um i know this is a little different than our usual episodes but i think it's important to talk about and i think that the more people that hear the term midsize and know that it is uh it is an issue in theater because as you said you know costume closets will have straight size or they will have plus size and arguably much smaller of a selection for plus size actors but still a selection and there's no wiggle room in the middle um and we need to wiggle that room yes we do trust me <laughs> instead of wiggling um, into a dress wiggle the room. <laughs> <laughs> instead of making your actors wiggle into a dress wiggle those dresses into your costume closet let people know again where they can find your make it midsize mondays yeah, uh, find me on Instagram. It's nchay87, um, N-S-H-A-Y 87. And yeah, you'll find a bunch of just fun fashion mid-sized content on there. 
Thank you so much for being here. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you all next week. Serious Business.